but people trust Reddit communities because the Reddit communities they govern themselves. They yeah. they get the upvotes and downvotes. If someone's someone's being an asshole, they'll 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 get downvoted. Someone's self promoting like you know shamelessly without putting in any effort, like they're they're off the page. Um, and so yeah, that was kind of the original inspiration for Gummy Search. So welcome back to Indie Worldwide. We have with us today Fed from Gummy Search and the Hive Index. Gummy Search is a platform to research Reddit audiences, and the Hive Index is a um, directory of something like twelve hundred different um, communities online. Did I did I get you right? Did I mess anything up? Hey, uh, Indie Worldwide <laughs> listeners. My name is Fed. I'm a part-time indie hacker, full-time digital nomad. Um, Right now, I'm working on two uh, main products, both uh, at its core is the concept of online community. Uh, I have a directory of online communities. It's about 1,200 online communities. Um, to, to my knowledge, it's the, the biggest database of online communities, of cross-platform online communities on the internet. Um, and uh, outside of that, I also work on a uh, audience research tool called Gummy Search. Um, which helps early stage founders uh, discover online communities for their target niche, uh, discover what those online communities are talking about, the pain points that they're discussing, the uh, solutions they're requesting, the conversations where they're discussing, talking about uh, spending money. Um, and this is a tool that early stage founders use to ideate and validate their businesses, um, as well as find initial customers using social listening. Uh, so I've been... I've been working on both those products for about a year. Um, at the same time, I've been traveling uh, around the world uh, and enjoying the the freedom that comes with the indie hacker lifestyle, uh, and and just having a having a fantastic time. So you're doing a lot of stuff all at once. Uh, this is something I struggle with too. I'm curious, how do you think about balancing your time between projects and other commitments and um, travel and love and and your whole life? Yeah, yeah, I. I would say that I'm, I've gotten a lot better at it. Um, initially it was, it was a bit tricky. Um, but I think specifically around managing my own, uh, my own products versus, uh, what I do for, uh, for income, which is, uh, consult for early stage startups. Um, I, I simply just split the days and I, I find that it's easier for me to, to dedicate a whole day to working on something rather than mm. to be thinking of four different products all, you know, in the same day or, or switching focus. Um, and so I, I split my time about 50, 50, and that's exactly what my week looks like. Um, and then when it comes to, when it comes to my own products, I think that, um, you know, my approach there is I, I try to work on meaningful chunks of one product at a time. Uh, and because of that, mm. I try to set up my, my products such that if I need to, um, you know, put pause on one of them, if I need to, if I need to put on autopilot, that I'm able to do that. Um, and so, you know, obviously I still, you know, try to be as fast as possible when, when, when talking to customers, but, uh, the way that I like to do my work is I'll, I'll plan it out for about a month and, for the most times, um, you know, I focus on one product at a time. Uh, for example, recently for the Hive Index, um, at the end of last year, you know, I took a couple of months, uh, stepped away from from Gummy Search, um, or was collecting data on my users in that in that meantime to improve the product. And then I redid all of mm -hmm. the Hive Index. I tripled the amount of communities, launched on product hunt, and really focused on that. 
Um, right now, my focus um, is a little bit more on uh, on gummy search, my SaaS, while the Hive Index mm -hmm. uh, grows in terms of SEO, and um, I am growing the, the offerings that I have when it comes to promotions on the on the platform. So I hope that I hope that answers the the split between between work, um, but then when it comes to you know, life and my, my wife, my family. The reason that I do what I do is so that I have the flexibility to um, to live the life that I want. And so, in, in my mind, that that always that always comes first. Um, but I, I I find plenty of time to to work on both my work and my products as well. So your calendar looks like Monday. <laughs> Gummy search Tuesday, Hive Index Wednesday, Client A. Pretty much, pretty much, and as little meetings as possible. Yeah, that's. I'm trying to get better at like finding ways to buy back my time or find efficiencies. Yeah. I think you've done a much better job with your products of creating things that don't need constant attention, like any worldwide. Uh, a lot of it of the value of the product is that there's constantly things going on, which requires a lot more hands-on. Uh, at the same time, though, that's part of why I've been able to stick with it so long, because there's always th things pulling me back in, mm -hmm. staying engaged. I think if it was a project I could totally put onto autopilot, um, I probably would have gotten bored faster and like yeah. moved on. For good, Maybe that would be good. I'd be working on a bigger product, perhaps, but... Um, yeah, but, you know... I do admire on that. what you've built. The, um, like, one... I think a fully, fully autopilot project. I agree that could be that could be boring. But I, I, I believe that um, us indie hackers do our our best work in in short, inspired times. You know, I'm not I'm not coding yeah. for for eight hours a day for five hours a week. You know, I I get really stoked on something and based off some feedback from users, based off something that I want to do, and I'll go and code it up in a couple hours and and, and launch a deploy and then take the rest of the day off. You know, it's um. I, so I think that um, yeah. It doesn't need to be constant, but and then the other thing that I want to say about uh, about your community is, um, yeah, uh, of course the, the the job of someone managing community nurturing community is is such a it's such an involved one. Um, but I, I do, and I hope that you see that your community members are helping you with that task over time. And you know, your community, I'm sure, um, you know, it wouldn't be the same without you. But I'm sure that your community members are also the ones that are moving forward and and uh, you know advancing it. Definitely. Just the, every idea I have now basically comes out of the community. It's like, okay, here's a batch of founders that I'm talking to constantly. Um, what are problems that exist across almost all of their companies? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh yeah, all of these things would be good startups yeah. <laughs> um, as well. Where before Indie Worldwide, I was just had no ideas, really. It was like, I just didn't, wasn't exposed to enough problems. <laughs> and so any ideas I had would be pretty low scope or just like not viable businesses. Um, uh, and I feel like that's changed a lot, uh, which was one of the main reasons to even start a community, right, is to get access to to people's problems. Yeah, so that, that's, what, that's what I was going to ask you. And I know you're supposed to be interviewing me, but uh, I, uh, you know, I was, was going to ask you about the, the origins of Indie Worldwide and, and your motivations behind and kind of your uh, your overall goals with uh, with the community. Yeah, I've told the story a couple of times, so it might be I'll cut it out of this one. But um, f so I started uh, Indie Worldwide when I was also nomading. Mm -hmm. I would move around every few months. Um, still nomading, nomading now actually, but more of a slow mad than I used to be. Um, so I'd land a new new city. I'd want to meet the the local indie hackers. I'd start like a a meetup, um, and then a month or two later, I'd move and then 
leave all those people behind. And usually the meetups would uh, falter as soon as I left because somebody has to instigate. Um, and so I wanted or I needed some way to create a community I could take along with me and started doing a virtual version of the meetups I'd been doing in person. and called it Indie Hackers Worldwide. Mm -hmm. And once a month, we'd meet up on a Zoom call. And that was Indie Worldwide for like the first year. Um, but then you know, it kind of turned from there into like a Facebook group and then from Facebook into a Slack community. Uh, and we rebranded and to kind of find our own voice, become Indie Worldwide. And now the ambition is to make it a basically like a virtual startup incubator where people come with um, an idea, an early stage product, and we help them um, build it better and faster than they could have alone, which is so far so many steps away from the original vision, which was, hey, it'd be cool to like have a Zoom call once a yeah. month with other indie hackers. <laughs> and that's really evolved quite a lot. And that's really come from what it seems like people need and want. Um, and I think the nature of indie hacking, you get a lot of solo founders and especially like solo technical founders because they can build things on their own. Uh, but often the thing people struggle with the most is growth mm -hmm. and taking a product and turning that into a business. Um, so it's more and more what we're trying to help with. Part with these interviews, figure out how other people have done it and then turn that into content. That's a, that's a wonderful story. And I, and I totally see, you know, that, that vision, that initial inspiration of like taking your community and taking them with you even if you're traveling around. I think that's that's one of the that's one of the reasons why online communities right now are such a driving force for entrepreneurs is the past couple of years a lot of people were displaced or locked down. A lot of people started traveling and yeah. I think that uh, having having that consistent, you know, set of adventures of peers that you can that you can rely on is so so valuable. It's entrepreneur especially for for everyone, but especially for entrepreneurs too. Entrepreneurship can be quite. I mean, you've probably got the best visibility into the community space now of anybody because you have the data database, the Hive Index. <laughs> so, what kind of trends did you find by gathering all that data? Yeah. Uh, so uh, the Hive Index has right now over twelve hundred communities, um, and for each one that I that I curate. Um, I basically tag each community with a topic like entrepreneurship, marketing, you know, nomadism. Um, I indicate which platform it's on. I indicate how large the community is and then the individual features of the community. So right now, I believe on the site, I have nine features, maybe 11 soon. But these are these are things like this community has a forum. This community has a live chat. It hosts mm -hmm. offline events. It's paid. It requires application, has a newsletter. Um, See if I missed any. Uh, that, that's probably most of them. But um, the inspiration for um, taking each community and trying to really index it was mainly for the purpose of uh, discoverability. There was a lot of online communities out there, and my initial inspiration—it's definitely like indie worldwide. It's grown to what it's become. But my, my initial inspiration was to help mm. find community. Um, it was I was inspired by online communities when I kind of went, went solo, started traveling and like really um, enjoyed the benefits of online communities myself. And I wanted to make sure that was accessible mm -hmm. for everyone. I, I didn't see, I didn't see um, you know, such a resource available for free. Um, and so I decided to make it just as like a, a first project just to kind of get in the, in the habit of launching something. Um, anyways, back, back to what I was talking about. I um, 
you know, I want to make sure that based off your own interests, based off what you need, uh, you're able to find the community for you. And for example, on the entrepreneurship communities topic, I have about 90 of them. Um, and so the features, uh, the features of filtering down to, hey, like I need something that has a lot of chats. I want to, I want to talk about, I want to work through stuff. Or some people, they, they want the paid communities because they want the engaged mm-hmm. members. You know, the paid communities also offer, offer more perks. They offer more, um, more ways to, to interact with the community. And so that's kind of, uh, in, in taking 1200 of these communities, looking at trying to boil down a pretty complex thing to, you know, data, um, I've, I've really seen, seen it all. And one of the things that I've just come to realize is a community is such a, it's such like a large scale, right? Um, it could be this fully yeah. featured paid community that throws conferences, that throws events, where there's like a member directory where there's different, different, uh, you know, a forum and a chat for, for the members that want to interact in different ways. They host events. Um, and then there's just like a discord server where a couple of people want to get together and like chat about something and have like a fun place to hang out. And so that's kind of one of my biggest takeaways is like, it can be so, it can be so broad as to, as to what people need um, when it comes to their community and, um, you know, those communities start somewhere and then they grow into become, becoming flourishing ones with a lot more as, as the needs of the community change. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a big range, like, of what even is a community. It's uh, deceptively broad, <laughs> what that even means. <laughs> People call a lot of different things community, and they're all technically true, right? But it um, it doesn't really capture the the differences. Well, you know, mm. okay, I, I actually, I, I respectfully disagree with that it's all technically true, because I I do take a stance on what a community is. I and I see oh, I'd love to and hear I it. see it um and I see it not abused, but I see it misunderstood. I think I, I see some people that think that their Twitter following is a community. That's not a community. Mm. An audience. You know, the Instagram following. I see I and, and, and that that's probably the biggest um the biggest misconception about community, but in, in my in my mind the community is not, you know, one to, to many. Um it's it's many to many. And although there might be one yeah. person that starts the community and is really like, you know, driving it forward and, and, and building it up, uh, eventually it's all the community members and their interactions with each other that really make it a bustling and thriving one. So that's kind of my, uh, my idea. That is a good point. So in my head, those are already not even in the category of <laughs> what things are communities to compare to each other. That is a, that's true. A lot of people call audiences communities um, in, an, in a way that isn't, isn't accurate, even in the realm of communities that actually are communities. So people talking to each other, not, to a, not just consuming content from the figurehead. Uh, there's still a huge range yes. of uh, what does that even mean? Um, like joining a country club versus joining a founders community versus uh, going to the same uh, uh, like events as all the other parents that your kid goes to are three very different types of communities. Yeah, completely. Um, I think one thing that would be really cool, I have no idea how you would gather this is uh, to get some sense of how active the various communities are, like get a better sense of what does it mean to be a part of it and like, um, how dead is it on a scale of dead to life? Yeah, yeah. I have that for a subset of the communities. So I would say um, about a third of the communities that I have are on Reddit. 
um, I, I'm obviously mm. big, uh, on Reddit as a community platform. I, I think it's, um, you know, when choosing a community platform as community manager, there's a lot of decisions you need to make. And if you're, if you're really making intimate one, I wouldn't quite pick credit, but for a lot of reasons, um, there's a lot of really amazing Reddit communities and, and they're so broad when it comes to their, uh, when it comes to the topic that they all center around. Um, and because Reddit is the biggest community platform, that was the, that's the first platform that I, um, decided to include in my audience research tool, Gummy Search. Um, and so, you know, while I'm building the Hive Index, Gummy Search is a Reddit only product, but it goes mm. deep on Reddit. Um, and part of that includes the statistics for growth, the statistics for engagement, um, and how that community, um, you know, interacts, how, how active its members are, and then how that also compares to the, the whole rest of the community. The master plan reveals itself. See, this is all starting to make yeah. more sense now. These two s- separate products, right? But now we have the Hive yeah. Index indexing Reddit communities. Yeah. People search these communities often to market to, but now you can say, hey, there's a better way even. You came here from the SEO juice, but check out yeah. Google Search. Yeah. So if you go, if you go to any I see Reddit, you yeah, yeah, no, it, it is the master plan coming together, uh, which I, I have I have a little thing on that in, in a second, but I, yeah, on the Reddit communities right now, if you go to any, any of the Reddit communities on the Hive Index, you get that little stats and you get a little insight. And I, I truly, I didn't just integrate two products. Powered by Gummy Search. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't truly, uh-huh. I, I didn't integrate the products just for the sake of integrating them or for, or for helping with SEO. I, I do think that it helps with, you know, painting a picture of what the community is all about. Um, and I hope to do that for more communities as well. Um, you know, one of the things that I would like to do at some point soon is, if a community has a, a Twitter account to be able to, you know, show what some of the shout outs are um, from their community members about any worldwide. So I, I do, I do see myself adding other rich data besides just Reddit. Um, but yeah, about the, you know, the two products and the, the master plan. Uh, I, I think that this is a big decision for indie makers is like, do you focus on one product and like really go all in? Mm-hmm. Do you focus on multiple and try to increase the chances of like one of them taking off. Um, and it's a tough decision and it's one that's one that's for everyone. And I mean, you definitely have some people that go all in on one. You have some people that are addicted to making products and like launch, launch 10 new ones every single year. That's just, that's just crazy. Um, but, um, what I, what I believe is if you do pick on, you know, take on more pro- products, um, I think that it can really help you if they can elevate each other. Um, and not as, not always as obviously as the hive index and gummy search, but if they elevate your brand, if they elevate your, you know, maybe you're following on Twitter because people see the different things that you're working on, if they elevate your skills, um, if they elevate your experiences and they can really build off of one another, then I think that that's, um, it's actually a fantastic thing to, to split your time a little bit, um, but to grow yourself as a creator, uh, in the, in the meantime. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to agree very strongly with that. It seems like, especially in the indie space, the the people who've done the best often have like two very complementary or three complementary products. Mm-hmm. The ultimate indie example probably is Peter, right? Yeah, Peter yeah. Levels, Nomadless, Remote. Okay, like everything is kind of serving the same audience. He launches them as separate products, but they unite. Yeah. Um, I call this the like Disney map method. Yeah. You know, like Disney did this at a huge scale, right? The parks, the movies. The 
the um, merch, everything works together to create this empire that's much stronger yeah. um, together than it would be as many individual uh, as many individual I pieces. Agree. And I think that if you have success um, in one of them, then you can take um, you can take part of that success and like jumpstart another one. And that's why, I mean, if you look at Peter's products, yeah. he's got. Um, I was listening to one of his podcasts recently. He he's he's launched like seven products over the past over the past eight years. Yeah. Um, and he was and he said, you know, yeah, a couple of them took off, and you know, now I'm kind of now I'm kind of famous, and that's awesome. But like most most of them didn't take off, and people just forget about them. Um, and he's 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 really you know just showing that he's like I I'm you know. I, I'm kind of a, an ordinary dude. I just really went through the motions a lot of times. Um, and when he, when um, Nomad List took off, that all, that paved the way for his personal brand around digital nomadism, and that led to success in, in Remote OK. And now he's, uh, I think, now he's immigrating. Like nine percent of the people that immigrated to Portugal last year, they immigrated because of him. So, anyways, it's uh, I'm saying it, it is that's it is, crazy. It is crazy, yeah. But it's a <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a cool snowball effect. Um, and, and you're right that you build it under the same umbrella and everything rises all at the same time. Um, your websites are also really pretty. Are you working with a designer? Is this all you? you? Um, I, um, half of it is Tailwind. Uh, and I, I, Mm. I'm not going to plug too many products on this, on the show, but Tailwind UI was one of the best investments that I made. And I rarely, I rarely pay for stuff. I almost always go for the free tier. Um, but I, I paid for yeah. one UI and it was so worth it. If you're working on multiple products, just to be able to like spin something up quickly and to have it, um, and to have it look good right from the start. Um, that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it's important. I, I do, I do, however, think that that's a good start. That's not the finish line. And, and one of the things that people really appreciate about gummy search is they say, Hey, um, you know, your, your product, you know, I can kind of tell that it's tailwind, but it looks, it looks a lot better than a lot of other tailwind mm-hmm. sites that all just look the same. Um, and so I think that, um, having a UI kit is a fantastic start, but then you need to find what, uh, what makes your product mm-hmm. unique and what your unique user needs are and then, and then adapt it from, from there. But thank you. I, 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 I what's your compliment and I appreciate it. <laughs> What's your workflow look like with Tailwind UI? I've bought it. I have it. Uh, I haven't used it yet. Really? <laughs> it's no. just waiting. <laughs> yeah, because I, I bought it. I was like, I'm going to use this right away. And then I start working on other things that didn't require it. And so it's just like been waiting for me to come back. Yeah. To be honest, I wouldn't take an existing <laughs> project and move it to Tailwind. I feel like that would be a lot. Maybe maybe if I was like doing a complete UI rewrite. But um yeah, starting a new starting a new product, uh, it's so much so much quicker. What I usually do is instead of picking the individual components, I'll go to like their like full page examples, and I'll just like go and copy that, mm. and then you know I, I I copy it over into the Re- React code. That's what I use, and then I um, take some of it instead from that one huge file and make into some of my layout components and whatnot, and then I modify from there. Um, but yeah, I think that just like starting with those huge page examples is, is awesome because you can get moving so, so quick. Nice. Yeah. I was a little skeptical at the beginning of Tailwind at all. And I, never mind the UI kit, but just the concept like, oh, a CS and back into my HTML, it feels so yucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be honest, I am, I was almost, convinced over time. I've almost forgotten how to write normal CSS at this point. So it's, it's once you do make that switch, once you do. Um, I know, I know you're working on something new, 
uh, these days. So maybe maybe that's maybe this new project is a is a good opportunity to start out with Tailwind. And I'm telling you, you're gonna you, it's gonna be hard to to look back at the old way of doing things. If I succeed with this new um, project, we're hopefully which is going to be like a content blog. Um, hopefully, that's going to be no code, mm -hmm. and I'm doing limited, if any, styling at all. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, Next, next project, probably heavier UI yeah. <laughs> um, related. At some point, I need to implement like user accounts for Indie Worldwide. And at that point, probably do a bit of a rewrite. Yeah. So how did you even gather it? So I'm, I'm especially interested in the Hive Index bar because Indie Worldwide's in it. And it's like, uh, it really matches some mental models I already have of like, okay, yeah. Uh, one way that Indie hackers find a large audience is by conquering SEO. Hard to do that with content, mm -hmm. but let's create a really nice set of data and then wrap it up in a product, mm -hmm. you know, capture all this traffic, which you executed on really well. Um, you're getting like 6,000 hits a month or something. Right, right, right? Yeah. right now it's about 6,000. It's a long tail SEO strategy. This yeah. And this, how long did it take? It's like to build up to that how long from yeah the, the site's been launching it the site's been up for um just a little over a year and i i'll say that the mm -hmm. the first four months like it's just like pretty much pretty much flat but then it starts it starts moving and um you know it's it's basically just grown steadily ever since and i haven't really done too much when it comes to um you know looking for backlinks people people generally find my site mm -hmm. I mean, like it's a free resource a lot of people think it's awesome and so i do get some opportunities where people include it and you know big newsletters or or link out to it but uh yeah it's just been nice slow steady growth mostly technical seo and um, I, I took the time to make sure that my site's fast make sure that the internal linking is good from the very beginning um i uh and the whole the whole strategy there is to is to really optimize the keywords that people are searching for, but optimize for a lot of them. I don't do too much keyword research mm -hmm. myself. I think it's more for like um, for long form content when people are writing blogs about something. But um, you know what I'm looking what I'm looking to do is is to rank for terms like entrepreneurship communities, entrepreneurship communities on Slack, hate entrepreneurship communities. Um, and if you think about you know those iterations of my topic pages um and then you think about the fact that there's over 90 topics on the hive index that opens up quite a lot of opportunities um and then obviously there's individual communities and some 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 online communities they don't have good seo themselves you know or for example some slack groups you know that's not really going to be it's not like yeah. a solid community that is indexed by by google and so i can even rank higher than that sometimes and um so that's been the strategy from the beginning. It's worked out pretty well um, when it comes to when it comes to spreading the word. I do um, accelerate the SEO growth myself. Um, like I mentioned, I don't really seek out backlinks, um, but I do accelerate SEO growth mm -hmm. by using my other product, Dummy Search, to look for mm -hmm. conversations on Reddit where people ask for online communities. And this was actually the inspiration behind Dummy Search. Was I um, I have this the site the Hive Index. It's free. I'm not getting money for it, but I want to grow it. I I I didn't have too much time, you know. I didn't have six mm -hmm. months to like wait. So for the Hive Index came first, and then Gummy Search. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, so, I thought it was the other way around. Like Gummy Search, no, no. how do I market it? Yeah, mm. yeah. It was it was um, it was the other way around. It was it was the Hive Index, and then how do I market it? 
And I realized um, and the dummy search has, has evolved a lot over um, over the past like six months that it's been live. But initially, it was mm-hmm. actually just an internal tool for myself. I had this website, and I had initially I think entrepreneurship and software development were really my first two topics. And it was this awesome resource. I spent a lot of time, um, you know, curating it, but no one knew, you know, that it had existed. But I I realized that people on Reddit were asking for communities all the time. They were saying, hey, do you know any good founder communities? Do you know any software development discords? All this kind of stuff. And so yeah. I, what I did is I, I built like a very, very simple internal tool to look for those keywords. And every single day, I would just do five minutes of marketing. I would go look for the conversations, look for new ones, and re- reply on Reddit and just say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you're looking for these online communities. Here's a list. Take it if you want it. You know, enjoy it. And people love it. People, people were, I think Reddit gets a bad rep for, for self-promotion. You self-promote, you get downloaded into Bolivia, you get banned from the sub, whatever. But if you're actually helping people out, it's a win-win-win. So you're helping the person's asking for the resource. You're obviously helping yourself because you're getting people to come to your site. And you're helping the community. The rest of the community learns about your resource. And so this was really until my SEO kicked in, you know, four, five, six months into building the product. This was the only way that I spread the word. Um, and I actually still do it to the same because it because it pays off. Um, and so I track for the Hive Index. I track maybe like twenty really high intent keywords. And the way I think about it, it's like SEO and mm-hmm. you know, it's like people are people have intent. Yeah. They're asking for things, but they're just asking about it instead of putting it into going to Google. Um, yeah, you're going to them instead of them finding yeah, you. Exactly. Which is like that's kind of how people search for things now. If they they don't necessarily go straight to Google. They post in the communities that they're already a part of. Yeah. To find exactly. answers. Exactly. And Google, I mean, Google is a game of, you know, who can pay the most, you know, with, with ads. And then who's been in the game the most, mm-hmm. which, which, I, which I, I really respect, of course. But um, it doesn't always mean that the best results are at the top of the page. But people trust Reddit communities because the Reddit communities, they govern themselves. They, yeah. they get the upvotes and downvotes. If someone's, someone's being an asshole, they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll get downvoted. Someone's self-promoting, like, you know, shamelessly without putting any effort, like they're, they're off the page. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of the original inspiration for Gummy Search. Since then it's evolved into, you know, the full on audience research to help people find problems to solve, to help people um, really get in touch with their online communities and stay in touch with them to, to advance their early stage businesses. But um, initially I just wanted to promote the Hive Index. Um, and I, like I said, I, I still do this every single day. It only takes five minutes and it continuously pays off. The backlinks help. You, um, I have a couple of tips um, if, if anyone else wants to use this strategy. I have a couple of tips on the Gummy Search blog on how to, how to do this best and um, how to do that for your, uh, for your website. You raise a good point about like, how to engage appropriately in communities in general. Yeah. Um, I think people complain about spam when, it's, when nobody asked for it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> nobody asked about your random SaaS product, but when you're doing it the other way around, you're only replying where people have explicitly already asked, like, hey, this is a problem for me, and you come in with a solution. Uh, suddenly it's not spam. It's help. Exactly. Uh, it's a value add. Maybe easier to do at scale at Reddit, right? Because those conversations are public versus in a Discord or a Slack. Yeah, they're, they're public. They, um, you know, they're part of these massive communities, and they even get indexed by Google. You get, you get your comment in, your helpful comment when someone's, someone's asking, talking about a pain point, they're, they're discussing a problem they have and they're reaching out to the community for help. 
if you come in with a thoughtful answer, you don't, you don't just post your, your link. You come in with a thoughtful answer. You take some time to think about their unique situation. Mm-hmm. And then you you link your, your product, your solution that can actually help them. Or if you have content, you can promote your content and say, hey, like I um, I hear you. I actually wrote something that you might appreciate. It's great to read, right? Or, you know, in my case, I have a free trial for my SaaS product. That's really easy to plug. I think that when you're um, being like too salesy, like people will, will see right through that. But if you're actually trying to help, um, and you're adding more to the community than you're taking, then people people love um, even in places like Reddit, which is which I think a lot of entrepreneurs misunderstand and are even intimidated by, mm. um, because they they have like one bad experience where they sign up for Reddit and like posted something and they're banned from a subreddit, and that's why I think part of my yeah. job when it comes to um, you know user acquisition and, and training with my product is also coaching people on Reddit and, and like showing them like hey like this is this is how you interact with the community and this is how you do it in a situation where both of you both of you win. I've been intimidated by Reddit for sure as well. Yeah. Uh, Scott got over it a little bit and have started trying to post where it's relevant, but yeah, it's definitely like, oh, I don't want to promote anything. I've seen, I see I see people get trapped so hard for uh, for trying to promote things. I'm going to be super cautious, overly cautious, and that's no good either. Yeah. Entrepreneurship, you really can't afford to be that shy. You need to be telling people about what you're doing because otherwise nobody's ever going right. to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to figure out how to do it in a way that feels native to the community, you know, yeah. like really become integrated. Uh, I think, like, just even just sorting by top all time for Reddit or any other community where that's possible is really helpful because you see what kind of content people mm-hmm. like and you can kind of emulate the voice a little bit yeah. um, and get um, kind of up to speed faster than. Yeah. Trial and error. You're, you're, speak, you're speaking in the language of my of my fast features, so I I, I agree. Yeah. Each community, that's the each community is different. Like, and I think that that's the reason that people get um, booed off Reddit is because they what they see in the community, they see the numbers. Oh, this community has twenty thousand people, and like I can market to them, you know. But like, mm-hmm. really, um, each community is is different, and you can't just come in with. Um, with no effort, like post your post your stuff, and you'll be, you'll be gone so so quickly, you know. But if you can understand what they discuss, you can understand who the influencers are, how they how they communicate. You can understand what kind of content does well, what kind of tone you should use in your voice. Um, if, you, if you can speak the lingo, then that can be super powerful. And now those two hundred thousand people that could download you into oblivion and ban you from the sub now they can become your inspiration for your startup. They can become your, your marketing team. They can become your, like your allies and your advocates. Yeah. Um, and that's a really, really powerful thing, especially for bootstrap entrepreneurs that don't have a lot of time that don't have a lot of money. Um, and are really trying to go down, you know, what can be a lonely journey. It doesn't need to be so lonely. Yeah. Not everybody has time to build their own whole community, their own whole audience. And it, even if you do that, you're only accessing your own audience, which is probably not everybody who has the problem you're trying to solve for them. So if you can get good at finding where the conversations are already happening and kind of piggybacking on um, the attention where it already exists, then, you know, you're way ahead of the game. I guess you're a marketer at that point. <laughs> we just described marketing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a part of marketing. You know, I think mean, community marketing is not, not always the same, but, but yeah, you're right. If you... Um, I, yeah. I would say, I would say, if you can really understand your audience, then you are um, 
you have one of the key components of marketing. You know who your you know who your people are. You know what they need. You know what they want. You can and that opens up so many opportunities. You know, maybe for your current product, but a lot of times people. Um, I see them, you know, validate their idea and they're talking to people on like communities and let's say their idea gets invalidated. That's, um, and a lot of people think of that as like losing. That's not losing. The one that's like, that's like saving you time from not going down a path that could have wasted a lot of your time. But then two, in the process of doing that, if you've talked to your community, you, you probably have found other um, information that can really, really be helpful for other kinds of products, for other kinds of services. And a lot of times, um, you know, you might take one step, one step back and two steps forward. So, um, yeah, I, I, overall, I think that staying in touch with online communities can be, can be so, so powerful for every single stage of a startup's journey. Now, you're pretty early, uh, in terms of like revenue with both of these projects, like under a thousand total, right? Yeah, MRR. Yeah. But it feels like you're moving with purpose. Uh, is there like a, a longer term plan you're executing on to getting these to be your your full time? Yeah. Um, so you're right. Both of these products are early, but I would say that I definitely, you know, I'm not at the at the point in scale yet. But I I know I'm onto something, you know, and I and I and I have I mm -hmm. have this this feedback that I'm onto something with with the people that really appreciate the Hive Index, the people that want to promote the communities on there. Uh, I mean, the Hive Index, I'm, I'm telling you, in, in itself, I have like five different potential revenue streams that I can see being being available just from the conversations that I've had with people that write in. Um, and then Gummy Search as well, you know, I think that, yeah, I'm in the, the two-digit, um, you know, amount of, of customers and every single, with every single day, I'm getting to know them more, getting to know what they need. I actually recently um, did this exercise where I realized that the users that I that I have are actually like two completely different kinds of users, and I should treat them differently. I should give them different different offerings. Mm. Um, they care about different features. They have different price sensitivity. So, um, you know, I, I feel really good about for both of my products the direction that I'm moving in, and I um, have a lot of confidence in them continuing to grow. Um, I, I have a lot more confidence in my own abilities and, you know, I do, I do see a time where if I want to, that my own products will fully sustain me. I won't have to do consulting. Um, but that doesn't mean that I won't do that. I actually really, really love the work that I do with early stage startups. Um, I mm -hmm. act as a fractional CTO for, for startups that, um, that don't uh, have a technical co-founder and maybe they might not need full-time, you know, uh, CTO or full-time engineering team just yet. Um, they have a lot of other things to figure out on the commercial side and I come in and um, help them with their technical needs uh, to build out infrastructure for scale, to build out the initial processes and then to help them hire their team um, that will be with them for the long term. So that, that kind of work, even though I'm selling my time there, um, yeah. and at some point, if maybe I don't want to do that and I just only want to work on my own products, that would be, I would love to have that choice, but I can also see myself wanting to always continue doing that in some kind of capacity just because it's cool. I mean, I get to, I, I truly feel like I'm, I'm living life, even though the salary that I made when I had my tech job is so much more than I have right, right now. I, I feel yeah. like I'm living life. I get to work on what I want. You might just need to build more yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the CTO work in that but case. I, I get to work on what I want. I get to work on who I uh, on when I want. I get to work on 
um, you know, projects with whoever I want. Um, and that's something that's, mm -hmm. that's so powerful. You know, it's just so awesome to like to be open to the role of possibilities. You know, for the Hive Index, I um, I had a couple months where I hired my little sister that was right out of college that was looking for her first her first job, and I had this awesome experience of working on a product and monetizing a product with with this, my sister that's eight years younger than me, and that was that was so cool. You know, I think that with the um, with some of the startups that I'm consulting for, you know, these are people that I have known from the previous life that I really like working with, and I am just happy mm -hmm. to be part of their early startup journey. I have. Um, people reach out to me that now that I've been doing this for the past year, they reach out to me and they said, Hey, Fed, you know, if you have any availability in the next, you know, next couple of months, like I had this new, new product that I want to build and I'd love to do it with you. And that kind of, I don't know, that those kinds of opportunities really make it exciting and, um, and also improve me with every other thing that I, that I do. Uh, I, I, I take every experience and I, you know, I think that's something that I can, improve my own products improve my other clients so um it's it's pretty cool and i, and I love it yeah, this is a predicament I share, I guess. We both have this like CTO, fractional CTO kind of side hustle, well, main hustle going on. Uh, my hope now is to be able to go full time this year. Um, but it, it's, it's hard. And I do get a lot of like fulfillment out of doing the CTO stuff. It's really uh, validating, first off, to like have somebody paying you all this money to help them build things and then build things for them. Uh, and then see those other companies then find success. Um, it's, it, it, I think it's probably made me a much better engineer to like put myself in those roles I'm sure. and build a lot of different products from scratch. But like, that's a lot of time in the day and a lot of mental, uh, energy as well. And so I'm thinking more and more like, okay, if I can just keep, uh, like this level of output, but put all of that into indie worldwide and related mm -hmm. projects, can I get it to a point of like sustainable profit profitability? Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like probably yes, and so I want to give that a yeah. shot. Uh, but I mean, the nice thing about being fractional and part time is like uh, it's easy to go back to totally. if necessary. It's not a too. it's not a switch. It's like a you know it's a dial, and it's I like think that's that's one of the things yeah. that for. Um, for early stage founders, for, for indie bootstrappers that, you know, people think, Oh, like I need to, I need to quit my job. And then I then I can go like devote my time into like actually pursuing my dream. I think that if, if you have the opportunity to, um, to, ha you know, have a situation like this where you have 50% of your time where you get some income and you don't need to worry about, uh, you know, being on the street and each time your time and enough energy to focus on your own products and you have the flexibility to like bring that up, to bring that down as you see fit, as your life changes, as you get more and more successful to like, to just scale it back. I think that that's a wonderful way of doing it. And then you don't have the, you don't have to worry about the, the mental side of things and the, and the, you know, the, you know, ability to put too much pressure on yourself um to make an income while also pursuing your dream it, it, it doesn't have to be so easy it could be you know, mm. be so hard it can be a lot easier um if you do set yourself up in this in this kind of situation so um i mean it's a decision that everyone's yeah. going to make for themselves but uh it's something that i've really enjoyed and it's allowed me to um to work on what i want to travel the world to have a good time to see my friends and to and to really enjoy 
this process, which for some people can be quite stressful and quite tough. Yeah, freelancing is a really good stepping stone, I feel, to entrepreneurship in general, because it puts you in the mindset of thinking of yourself as a business instead of an employee, mm -hmm. which I think is a really important mental switch to make. And then it also gives you all this flexibility all of a sudden. Suddenly you're in control of what you're working on and when you're working on and who you're working with, hopefully, um, and building skills that are going to be useful for a product business or whatever you're going to work on next. Yeah, well, I think that for... I think it's probably a lot harder to jump straight to like, okay, I was an employee, now I'm a SaaS founder. Um, that's a much bigger gap than I'm a freelancer, now I'm a SaaS founder. Yeah. Uh, 100%. And, and I think that the, the goal for, um, you know, a lot of indie hackers is, you know, where you see it, where you see people talking about like 10,000 MRR, you know, that means like that, I mean it, you know, mm -hmm. and I, right, what I actually think the goal is, is it's not a certain amount of income. It's not a certain amount of money. If that was the case, then a lot of the indie hackers that I know are, are such like smart, brilliant, talented people that they could work for Google and get, you know, paid five times that. What I think the indie hackers want is options, options and freedom. You know, you have, you build up your products mm -hmm. and you have the option to continue growing them and to continue, you know, increasing your own income, the amount that goes in your pocket. You have the option to sell a product. You have a couple, you have a portfolio, you want to focus on one of them. That these days you, you have the option of selling and getting a big windfall. You can, you can do that and then, you know, take a, take a life break. If you want to have the option to, you know, to have a, have a kid and to, and to just focus, focus on your life for a long time, the option too. Um, if you ever want to yeah. have the option, if you ever want, you have the option to like raise funds for your, for your business and to like really scale it up to, to a scale that you wouldn't be able to by just bootstrapping. So I think that what a lot of any hackers want is, um, is that freedom and the optionality to, to live life they want. I think it's worth pointing out too, um, that 10,000 MRR is not at all the same as $10,000 salary. If you actually have built a 10,000 MRR business and you've built, um, a half a million dollars in equity business at the same time. So that 10,000 MRR for every dollar you add an MRR every month, you're also adding five to $10 in equity for the thing you're yeah. building, which is leverage. You do not get working for somebody else's company. Um, even at a startup, we have in theory, more equity. Um, it's not like every unit of work you do is necessarily increasing that the size of that pie by a lot. Yeah, and, and that's why I think that the work that we do as indie hackers is like so rewarding, and that's why people celebrate. You know, like, yeah. hey, I got hundred MRR, and you you say you say you say hundred dollars to someone that doesn't really understand the vision. And they're like, okay, well, hundred dollars. What does that mean? But like that, you're right with mm -hmm. with the multiple. What that actually means with what with how hard it takes to to get there, and with um, just the the thought that that hundred, you know, in order to get it to two hundred, it's not. As big of a jump as it took you to get from you know from zero to one hundred, so um, I think that that's a, yep. it's a very 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 powerful thing. How about what what if you were talking to yourself say five years ago? What would you tell Fed from back then? Five years ago, yeah. Um, the advice that I would give to earlier stage entrepreneurs is definitely just like start and like don't overthink it. Don't try to 
don't try to like build a company, you know, try to, try to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. Try to like, try to make that first, yeah. try to make that first dollar, try to make the, the $10, $100, you know, just start somewhere and it will grow and you're not going to have everything figured out from the very beginning. You're going to, um, you're going to completely learn as you go. And that's the whole point of it. You know, I think I'll, I forget who, who originally said this quote, maybe it was one of the indie hacker founders of the Allen brothers. It's like, the goal is just like not give up. And so if you, if you start, if you start now, um, that just buys you more time. And I think that's one of the most important factors in what we do. Um, the, the... Neither give up nor be forced to give yeah. up, right? You can't go broke yeah. either. Then you got to make money of again. Of course, of course, yeah. But, the, you know, if you if you can buy yourself more time, you know, that just opens up so many possibilities for you. You have the person that um, that planted a tree a year ago is sitting in the shade right now, um, as opposed to as opposed to people that just, like, think of ideas and, like, think of big ones and, like, just kind of, like, that balloons and they never actually do something. I, mm. with my... Um, with my first indie product, the Hive Index, I, you know, I built it in a week. It's just a, it's just a spreadsheet in a, in a site, you know, and it's just yeah. like grown so much over the past year. And now I have people approaching me for opportunities to, you know, to sponsor their listings. I have people approaching me for, to promote their platforms. I have people that have approached me to, to sell communities, you know, to like broker deals of online communities. And you don't really know what it's going to be yeah. when you, when you start. And so, you know, like, like what I, and yeah, Hive Index is not a super, you know, successful product just yet, but I just, the fact, the fact that it's grown so much in the past year, the fact that I've learned so much in the past year, just, just shows, you know, go out there and, and do something. You're not going to get it right the first time, um, but you're going to get better. And with every single week, if you continue to get better, then, and you have, enough runway to to do this for a couple of years you're almost certain to be successful uh, in the runway and the runway is is definitely important you know I, i've my first startup um this was about almost 10 years ago um we completely just ran out of personal capital and energy and i vowed to and this was this was because i was right out of college i didn't have i didn't have much you know and i also didn't know what the hell I was doing. Mm-hmm. But um, when we shut down our startup, that was to had some funding. Um, after, after about a year, I vowed to never put myself in a situation where I have to make short term decisions um, because because mm-hmm. of money. And so I knew that I would want to take a crack, even though I took took a job at a, at a startup and worked there for six years, I knew that I wanted to take a crack on and I also knew that I wanted to do it in a different way where I wasn't worrying about my wallet, where I was building things sustainably and I had the time to execute on the vision. And oftentimes, almost almost all times, this takes more time than you than you would originally estimate. So just like give yourself a couple of years. And, and that's why I think, you know, either freelancing and then doing a side hustle or even having a job and then like starting something while you have a, a nine to five um, I think that a lot of people look down on having a job, but it's the worst thing in the world, you know, to give yourself that, that stability, financial stability to give yourself the opportunities to learn from others. Um, you can still, if you're, if you have the spirit to, to be an entrepreneur, like you can do that while having a nine to five. It's not, it's not stopping you. Um, at some point it makes sense to make that yeah. position and, and I'm excited for that moment in everyone's life. But, uh, but yeah, just, that I guess all, all that I would say in that, and you know, all that I would summarize that as is 
play the long game and, and give yourself the time to succeed, and then you will. People really underemphasize the importance of actually having a little bit of money when you set out. If you don't have any money at all, if you're paycheck to paycheck, your first priority needs to be more money, either through entrepreneurship or better job or something, because you can't start, or you really can't start anything if you don't have anything to build off of. You have to figure out some way to create a stable foothold for yourself to then jump off of. Um, I think it would, it's pretty dangerous advice to just say like, yeah, everybody should quit their job and be an entrepreneur. No, you should make sure you have some runway first, some way of paying the bills, getting food, keeping the lights on, then take the leap, you know, then take a risk um, because you have a runway. So you can get a new job if the runway um, is shorter than you realized. And you brought up another good point too, which was, the best way to find an idea is to build an idea. If you don't have any ideas yet, just build literally anything and suddenly you'll have way more ideas because <laughs> of everything that was hard about trying to do the thing you wanted to yeah. do. Like, you know, you're trying to advertise the Hive Index, you come up with a whole new startup. Come search. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say don't, you know, don't do it in a bubble, right? Build it, build something, solve, solve a problem for, for someone and then, and then stay in touch with them and, and see, how, see how you... See how your solution solved that problem, and then if there's other problems, and you know, it's kind of what you described with, um, you know, with your journey. You you started this community, and out of that, so many new opportunities um, came came to mind because you're just deeply ingrained in these communities and into the day day life of um, these people. And and that's you know, I think that that works for so many entrepreneurs, and it's it's really a good way to to work on something that's validated. And I have. You know, my, my first product led to my second product. My second product, I actually know my third product because mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't talked to anyone about this. I, I know yeah. what it is. <laughs> what I, Can we get an indie worldwide exclusive? No, Can we no, get no, the no. yes take well, peek? It's, it's, um, <laughs> let's just say it's it's for SaaS. It's for SaaS founders that struggle with some of the things that I struggle with as a first time SaaS founder. Um, and I think it's something that mm-hmm. SaaS founders struggle. With. Anyways, I'll. If I'm in in a couple months, once I finish up some plans that I have for gummy search, I might go through a round of validation mm-hmm. and you know see see how that goes and see if it deserves to be built. But anyways, it's all I'm saying is like these things, these things compound. I mean, you just get so much better at evaluating ideas. You get so much better at talking to people about knowing who to who to talk to, how to talk to them, and you know what to talk to them about. And then you. You know, it's just, it's like, it, it can, it can become this formula and then, uh, just have home runs, you know, maybe not all the time, but a lot of the time, like, like Peter level. So, um, yeah, I, you, you got to start somewhere. You got to take that first step. So, um, that's, uh, that's definitely, that's definitely the way to go. All right, folks, this was words of wisdom with fed founder of the hive index and gummy search. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, looking forward to whatever this new launch is. Uh, if you need a community of eager beta testers, you, you know, where you, you have my yeah. number. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, I, I appreciate you folks that are, that are listening and yeah, but thanks for the delightful conversation. Anthony.